the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Life is filled with both sunshine and storms. But without God's navigation, souls can easily become spiritually shipwrecked. Anchored in Christ is a weekly broadcast that ministers the scriptures so we can know Christ the Savior and enjoy salvation, security, strength, and stability found only in Him as we set sail through life's marvelous journey. Here's Pastor David Kahiwat. Today we'll begin a small series on how to deal with the unknowns of life. And we'll look at Matthew 6, verses 24 through 34. And this message today, we're going to look specifically at the commanded attitude towards the unknowns of life from Matthew 6, verses 24 and 25. If you have your Bibles, let's read verse number 24. The Bible says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Verse 25 tells us, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Let's pray and ask God's blessing on this message. Lord, we thank you so much for the power of your word. I pray that your Holy Spirit would do a work in hearts. And if there's anybody who is struggling with stressful times in their lives or having to deal with unknown things and are struggling with worries and anxieties, I pray Dear God, that you would use this message to be a help to them and draw them closer to you and that you would be glorified and exalted in all these things. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. According to psychological health care, these are the top four things people worry about the most. Number four, their health. Many people worry about their own health or the health of a loved one. A little worry can be a good thing if it motivates one to eat healthy and exercise. However, it's causing more severe anxiety and mental turmoil than doing any good. Worrying about developing a serious disease or health condition is a very real problem for many people, which can negatively impact other areas of life. Number three, the third thing people worry about the most is relationships. Those who are single worry about finding a partner, while for those in relationships, it's a common thing to worry about how secure the bond is or where the relationship is going. And it's not only romantic relationships that can put a strain on the psyche. Strained relationships with family, children, and colleagues can also weigh heavily on people's minds. And then number two, many people worry about job security. People worry about losing their job, and this stress gets even worse as pressures at work increase, causing people to feel as if their job is at risk if they do not perform to a certain standard, not to mention the external pressures when the economy slows and the job market becomes even more competitive. But then there's number one. The top thing that people worry about more than anything else is actually a tie between two things, 
Interestingly enough, it's exactly the same thing Jesus addresses here in this passage, and it's money and the future. Whether it's debt, worrying you won't be able to cover all your bills next month or fear about your financial security in the future, when you have kids or when you retire, financial security is a major cause of stress. Money is a major cause of stress in almost every aspect of life, whether it's in marriage or ministry or getting through college or making money after college. The greatest worry or stressor that most people suffer from is about money. Why? Because of the unknown. Will there be too much month at the end of the money? Or how will we pay for the $8,000 transmission? Or what about groceries and how are we going to take care of the electric bill? While these pressing concerns are to be attacked, Focusing on the fears of the unknown only lead to worry and anxiety because worry and anxiety are rooted in the fear of the unknown. That's the number one thing people worry about the most. Money and the future because of its unknown. We all go through life where we will have to address these unknown questions. And the question of the day isn't if we'll have unknowns in our lives. The issue of the day is how are we going to deal with these unknowns that cause worry in our lives? We can approach the worries in one of two ways. Either succumbing to the ways and attitudes of the world, which is temporal and worrisome, or we can focus on the God who's in control of all that comes our way. Verse 24 clearly spells out for us an introduction of how we should conduct our lives. The Bible says, no man can serve two masters. Choose your master. And Jesus says, either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God or mammon. So Jesus is saying, choose your master, God or mammon. You can't serve both. Well, what is mammon? Mammon is a Syriac word that signifies gain. And the most common understanding of what mammon is, is financial gain or money. So Jesus is saying, either let mammon lead you to get gain or let God lead you. You cannot have both. For some, their God is their belly. They serve their appetites. That's their mammon. Philippians 3, verse number 19 says, Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. Mammon, or sensual selfishness, cannot be served in conjunction with serving God. Mammon is always in competition and in contrast to serving God. And notice in verse 24, Jesus doesn't state merely that we must not or should not serve God in mammon but that we cannot or we are incapable of serving both. We cannot love both. We cannot hold to both. We cannot live for both or obey both. Only one gets our allegiance and loyalty. God says, my son, give me thine heart. But mammon says, nope, take care of everything yourself. God says, be content with such things as you have. But mammon says, it's not enough. You're not satisfied. Get more. Matthew Henry, the theologian, stated that the mentality of mammon this way, money, 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 by fair means or by foul, money. 
God says, be careful or anxious for nothing. But Mammon says, worry about everything until you can control everything by yourself. So how can we know if we're serving Mammon or God? How do you deal with the unknowns in life? You must choose how you approach dealing with the unknowns in your life. You either let Mammon be your master or you let God be your master. The servant of mammon will live a life of worry and anxiety, which is why it's addressed in the following verses, verses 25 through 34. Now, notice how Christ instructs us to make the choice. He gives us the commanded attitude. In verse number 25, he says, take no thought for your life. You see, the great commander gives great counsel. He says, I say unto you. He's our authority. He's the great lawgiver. He lays down the command. And that phrase, take no thought, in the Greek language, it's me merimnate, means to stop being anxious. Literally, Jesus is saying, you are currently in the process of worrying about life and worrying about tomorrow. You must stop it. In verse number 34, Christ again says, take no thought for the morrow. That's the future. Why do people become anxious about life or anxious about the future? Because there are so many unknowns in it. One of the greatest fears in life is xenophobia or the fear of the unknown. And this is what Jesus Christ addresses. And so what I'd like for us to do is look, first of all, at the purpose for not being anxious. Why does Christ tell us not to take thought about life? Well, let me give you a couple things. Number one, anxiety breeds disquietness of soul. Anxiety is founded upon thoughts that do not happen most of the time. Often they are unnecessary. They are racing thoughts that do nothing more than cause anxiety. It's living in the realm of what if. Living in moments of what if balloons to more moments of what if. And this is why Christ said, take no thought. So we must change the attitude. Secondly, the reason that we ought not to be anxious is because anxiety breeds distrust in God. God has promised to provide for his people all things that are necessary to life as well as for godliness. We're told in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 3, According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. While we must be diligent in using what God has given to us wisely, we ought not to be worrying over it. Don't be worrisome over how or when your next paycheck will come. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse number 18 says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. God will guide you and direct you on that, that new job. He will let you know which employment to have. Therefore, we must take no thought. So our attitude must be this, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Psalm 37 verse 3 tells us, Trust in the Lord, and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily 
thou shalt be fed. You see, the purpose for not being anxious is because anxiety breeds disquietness of soul and distrust in God. And secondly, in this passage, I want you to see the prohibited areas for being anxious. You see, God gives us several areas where we ought not to be anxious. And the first one is found in verse number 25. He says, therefore, take no thought for your life. So the first thing we see is that we ought not to be anxious about life. And I want you to see several things about that. First of all, we ought not to be overly concerned about our continuation of life. How long we will live is a major concern uh, we all have. In verse number 27, the Bible says, Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? Many of us wonder how long we're going to live. Are we going to live to be 60, 70, 80, 90, or even 100 years old? No one knows our actual time frame on earth. And while we know that anything unexpected can happen, and they do, we must remember that we do not have control over it. And the Bible is clear that it is God who controls our life's breath and our heartbeats. Job 12, verses 9 and 10 says, Who knoweth not in all these that the hand of the Lord hath wrought this, in whose hand is the soul of every living thing and the breath of all mankind? Psalm 90, verse number 12 says, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. We're told in James chapter 4, verse 14, Whereas you know not what is on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. You see, we shouldn't be overly concerned about our continuation of life because it isn't anything we can control. Nobody can worry or be anxious about their length of life. We don't know how long we're going to live. I used to think that uh, when it, the Bible says, take no thought or which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature. I used to think that it was speaking about how we can just think about it, make ourselves taller. Now, I used to play a lot of basketball, and I used to go to basketball camps all the time when I was younger. And I remember the summer of 1981, I went to an all-star invitational basketball camp for the West Coast. 200 of the best upcoming freshmen from Arizona, Nevada, California, Oregon, Washington, and Utah were at this invitational basketball camp held in UC Santa Barbara. At the end of the camp, we were given evaluations from our coaches. And I remember my coach wrote this about me. He said, David is a hard worker with great potential. He will be excellent. And then he added the last two words with growth. Great. You see, I was five foot two inches at the time. And for the longest time, I wanted to be six foot five. And I wanted to add to my stature another foot. And guess what? I had a growth spurt of three inches. Instead of being six foot five, I ended up six foot negative seven. However, this is not what Jesus was speaking about with the word stature. The word for stature is best understood as time of life. And the cubit speaks of a measure of extension. So Christ was really saying, which of you, by worrying, can 
extend his own life. In contrast, worrying reduces one's span of life. Anxiety and worry can lead to high blood pressure, heart attacks, or even stroke. Higher levels of anxiety can trigger, trigger those stress hormones which make your heart beat faster and harder. If that happens over and over, your blood vessels may get inflamed, which can lead to hardened artery walls, unhealthy cholesterol levels, and other problems, which can lead even to death. You see, being anxious or worrisome about how long you're going to live can actually shorten your lifespan. So Christ commanded us not to be anxious about the continuation of life because he's the one who's in control of it. Secondly, not only should we be anxious about the continuation of life, but in verse number 25, he says, don't be anxious about your comforts of life. He says, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not life more than meat and the body than raiment? You see, we must not be overly concerned about how to support our life-necessary comforts. While often we ask, what's for lunch today, or what are we going to have for dinner, this isn't what this verse is talking about. This verse speaks of having the attitude, will I be provided for today? That's the thinking that Jesus Christ wanted the audience to have. He said, take no thought for your life. Don't be anxious about whether or not you'll be provided for today. Why? Because Jesus Christ has already promised to provide for us. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11, Jesus specifically said, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom, if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? You see, there's no need for desperate thoughts about God taking care of you. He will provide for you. Many times we can get to the point in life where we wonder if God is really providing for us. And we think we must take care of it ourselves. And so we've tried to manipulate or find some way to get that thing that we need or want uh, so badly. And Christ explained how he does this in this chapter later on, how he will provide for us. And we'll discuss that in the next message. But just keep in mind that we ought not to be overly concerned about whether God is providing for us. He is providing and he has promised to do so. And he even said in Psalm 37 verse 25, I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. God will take care of you. God's got this. God's got you. So stop being anxious about life. And then I want you to see in this passage, not only does Jesus say, stop being overly concerned about life or stop being anxious about life, but in verse number 34, Jesus teaches 
us to stop being anxious about the future. Notice in verse 34, he says, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. This command tells us not to be perplexed unnecessarily over future events. And now, while it's true, we ought to prepare for the future, that is like retirement, life insurance, it's not something that we should be overly concerned about. Why? Because every day is different and brings a new care that must be dealt with. Proverbs 27, 1 says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. James chapter 4, verses 13 through 15 says, Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. You see, our future is already taken care of. You can't control tomorrow, but you can confide in him who holds tomorrow. Ira Stanfield was an accomplished musician and minister. He served in nine different organizations in the capacities of youth director, music director, and pastor. He preached across America and in 40 other countries. On April 23, 1939, Ira Stanfield married Zelma Lawson. She was a minister's daughter and was a gifted musician who played piano by ear and accompanied her parents on a local radio program. For years, Zelma traveled with Ira and joined him in serving the Lord as they shared the gospel in one crusade after another. However, life was not perfect, and Zelma eventually became disillusioned with ministry life that they had created. Zelma eventually decided that ministry was not for her, and she left Ira. Ira Stanfield is said to have been devastated and continued to try to reconcile with Zelma, remaining true to his vows and forgiver. The couple, however, were divorced on October 7, 1948, after almost a decade of marriage. There are varying accounts surrounding their separation, including Zelma's longing to become a celebrity, her addictions, and other men. What is clear is that the marriage didn't last. Zelma would eventually marry another man. Sadly, on February 12, 1951, Zelma died in a car accident. During the years of separation, divorce, and her death, Iris Stanfield is said to have sunk into deep depression. It was during this difficult and trying time in Ira's life that he wrote, words to an amazing song. Iris Stanfield was driving when he began to hum and then sing a song. He was singing about now knowing what the future held, but trusting God with the future. Upon arriving home, he rushed to his office and to his piano and jotted down these words. I don't know about tomorrow. I just live for day to day. I don't borrow from the sunshine, for its skies may turn to gray. I don't worry or the future, for I know what Jesus said. 
and today I'll walk beside him, for he knows what lies ahead. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. The great hymn entitled, I Know Who Holds Tomorrow. There are many unknowns in life, but don't fear, don't fret, God has it all under control. You've been listening to Anchored in Christ with Pastor David Kehiwat. For more information, visit anchorbaptistchurchsd.org. Tune in next week at the same time for Anchored in Christ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.